Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to podcastjuice.net. My name is Michael Dean, and we are here on the podcast about Prince. I guess we got to be careful what we call it these days because there are yeah. other podcasts out there, so so we to them. Uh, but joining me today is Mr. Aunt Poops, or how are you? Uh, I'm doing great. Also joining us, Mr. Big Sexy in Sack. Sir, how are you? I'm doing well and uh, got my box set album last night. Also got the high resolution download, digested it all, ready to go. All right. And man, I, I got the deluxe edition as well. And it is literally uh, down in the mail room as I speak. Um, so as soon as we get off the show, I'm going to go downstairs and grab that bad boy and open it up and all that good stuff. But with that said, we are here to talk about the new Prince album, Welcome to America. Man, it's 2021 and we're talking about new unreleased Prince music. That is pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to say about that. But the fact that we have a new album, man, I'm just I'm so excited. We've all had a chance to listen to the album uh, I had a chance to listen to it a few times, just digest it, really live with it for a little bit, uh, and give us some time. Um, so we're just going to get into it. What we're going to do first is, before we do like track for track type of uh, review, we're just going to talk about what we think of the album in general. I want to give everybody the opportunity to to talk about that, and then we'll go into the songs, and we'll probably play a little bit of the songs too. And uh, so far, my people on YouTube, this is not going to be very long because YouTube don't play around with you playing music. So to hear the full review, you're either going to have to go to um, our podcast, go to one of your podcast platforms that you love, whether that's Apple or Google or Spotify, and you can listen to our podcast that way in full. Or uh, you can always join the Patreon page and you hear it that way in full and first as well. So there you go. Um, with all of that said, we're going to start this thing off. Mr. Amp Pooh, sir, <laughs> what did you think of the Welcome to America album? Floor is yours. Uh, for me, <clears throat> sorry, sorry, but the <laughs> voice ain't that clear. Sorry about that. Uh, for me, it's very shocking. It's shocking on a couple of levels because... Um, I believe we were told that this was recorded around 2010. And if you look at some of the music that he put out around that time from 2010 and then what was it? Pletrum, Electrum. And Misty Copeland Art joins me now. I'm sorry, go Damn, ahead. Misty. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> and Artificial Age. And then, you know, we saw the Welcome to America tour that he did in 2012 and some of the, the songs that he was uh, starting to put out there. You know, hearing this album, it's completely different than, I would say, anything he's put out before. I mean, he's had some tracks here and there that address social and societal issues. But, um, well, I mean, I guess you could come to the Rainbow Children to, some of the, to a certain extent. But not only was it the tone of the album, it was, I wouldn't say it was a concept album, but what are those, like when you listen to Marvin Gaye's uh, What's Going On, those type of um, themed albums, it's definitely for me, which is something totally different. 
um, lyrically, the themes, what he was touching on, how he was trying to galvanize his listeners. And then you take into effect just the music. For me, and, you know, hey, if the Prince family want to come for me, have at it. For me, the level of musicianship on this album, I have not heard consistently throughout the album at that level in a while. I mean, I'm just listening and hearing the, the music, the instruments, the playing that's going on. And I'm just thinking like, God damn, this is a bad mofo. He, he had it. And he just have these spurts of, you know, what, what I'm going to give y'all. Nah, y'all ain't ready for it. I'm just going to throw it up in the vault. The music itself, like, you just take away the, the lyrics and what he's saying. Just If you just listen to the music... It's just amazing stuff. Now, I, I did listen to the first Madhouse, and I would put this album above it as far as the musicianship, and I'm just speaking to that because that was a purely instrumental album, so it was more so all about uh, what you're hearing, that, that, I mean, as far as the music. This was just amazing musical compositions that he was putting out there. And then just overall, the, the themes and just being bold and stepping up and speaking on uh, a lot of things that, you know, a lot of, a lot of Prince fans are, are not ready to hear from him. I, I just say, overall, it felt like a throwback album, like people were speaking to Bruno Mars, co-opting, appropriating, borrowing from New Jack Swing and some of the funk eras from there. For me, I feel like this was Prince saying, you know what, I'm going to take it back to the 70s. There's stuff that is just that reminded me of, oh my God, of The World is a Ghetto. Um, yes, yes, I heard that the, too. With the uh, people make the world go round. A lot of, a lot of things um, from the 70s, I just felt like, I don't know, did he meet with some of them folks and said, you know what, I, I got a concert for an album. This is what I'm going to do. And that's, that's definitely no shade whatsoever. It just felt like such a great homage and a throwback to that era of musicianship and saying these are the people that raised me these are the people I grew up on and I'm going to show this is how I can bring that and do that in 2010 at the time and now we're getting it in 2021 all right all right I dig it big sexy and sack <clears throat> what'd you think of welcome to America the album you know let me go ahead and audio geek out right now when I got my um, high resolution download, I put on Facebook. So I was, you know, taken put on on my main system, and a couple of people, you know, shot me messages back saying, "Hey, man, you know, I heard it on my system, and my system is whacked. And I put it on my main system, and it sounds great. You're gonna love it, and things like that." The first thing I noticed when I heard it, and I'm trying to find out. I think it was Morris Hayes who did the actual production work on, on most of this, you know, after the fact. But like Ant said, first musicianship, and it was Prince, uh, Chris Coleman on drums, and I believe, I'm going to butcher her name, Tal Wick Wilkenfeld on bass, and Morris Hayes on keyboards, and that was it, as far as the music portion. And whoever recorded this, and then, of course, I saw it was mastered by Bernie, and you know Bernie does the work. It sounds fantastic. You know, I'm, I don't want to get on anybody's bad side, but 
moving forward, if they're going to do more original material out this out there, whoever produced and engineered this need to be part of the team because it sounds great. And like Ant said, it captures a 70s vibe to it. I could hear war myself in it. And I could hear a little Bobby Womack type things. Uh, just that, that whole, for me, summer of 1972 when I was a kid, it's that type of, that vibe to it. It's, you know, the, the vocals were mixed beautifully. I have no complaints at all sonically about this album. It sounds magnificent. All right. That that's that is that your final stance so far? I don't want to cut you yeah. off. I don't want to cut you off. Okay. All right. Uh my thoughts on this record, you know, let me say this. Uh as a lot of the listeners, uh, you know, old school Prince fan, new school Prince fan, love all aspects of it. <clears throat> When I heard uh, the singles coming through, like Hot Summer, uh, what was the other, uh, the, the title track, Welcome to America, you know, I listened to them and I was like, it's cool. I listened to them maybe once, twice, and I was like, ah, okay. It, it didn't blow me away. You know, it's just like, it's kind of, I was like, I, I, I know this side. I was like, okay, I kind of can see where this might be going, you know, and I was like, all right. And before I got the album, I was ready. I was ready. I'm going to keep it, keep it a purple grant. <laughs> I was ready to just be like, this is cool. You know, was, oh, they found an unreleased joint from 2010. Uh, okay, that's cool. You know, like I wasn't too excited. My expectations weren't through the roof or anything. Sat down and listened to this album. <clears throat> and I just started from the top and let it play. And I got in, I, you know, I had heard Welcome to America, but I got into it. I was like, oh, let me just get into this. And I was like, okay, I know what Prince is doing here. This is, he's done this before. You know, he, he, he is great at like starting albums off and it's sort of like getting you into the vibe, you know, and the feeling of what you're about to get into. And here, you know, he's going in musically. It's a very like, you know, that dum dum. It's kind of just welcoming you in. I can almost see it like you're walking into the concert or you're just starting up and it's just starting to come out and it'd be a real cool, like your first impulse is like, oh, this is going to be on some jazzy type, you know, cool type. But he comes in and he just starts spitting, <clears throat> you know, the lyrics. And I'm like, oh, he's on, this is like some, you know, rainbow children it just doesn't have that. <laughs> sounds like, oh, he's about to go in. Okay, let me sit down and listen to what he's talking about. And, you know, for me, it's that kind of cynical Prince. Again, it's a Prince we've heard before. You know, controversy, dirty mind. He's always had this type of style where he talks about the world. So I was like, okay, I'm getting into it. And then by the time I get to the end, we'll go through the tracks later. By the time I get to the end of the album, I was just like, man, <laughs> this album is cold. <laughs> like, God damn. I didn't expect that. I was thinking it was just going to be on some bland prints by the numbers. 
Not at all. This is a head buster uh, on multiple levels. Musically, just like the brother said earlier, banging. I look at this as you can look at Prince where he was at at 2010 whenever he recorded it, but I see in my mind, I put it in the context of, man, if you go all the way back to the first album and just through all the different phases he done went through in all the years, this is where he was musically at this point. It is so far advanced. Uh, the people he's playing with are so far uh, masters of their instruments and can play with a guy who is the epitome, if I'm saying this right, he is the you know top of the bar of musicianship and they're playing with them and he can vibe back and forth. I was just like, this is crazy. Like a lot of the things that's going on in this album, I can hear all through all his other albums. He's still Prince and the way he plays the songs at their cores are the same, but it's just that the fact that he is so more advanced as a musician compared to the prior albums from back in the day that I herald and I can hear it. I was like, God, it's the same shit. It's just that he's at another level and it's almost like he's relaxed in it. And the people that he's playing are either they have benefited from coming into a world after Prince has existed. You know what I'm saying? Like when you when you go to play for Prince at that point, you know what he is. You know what to expect. And you also as a musician know that you have to be on your shit. So to me, I hear that. You know, as opposed, if you go back to listen to some of the older albums that are bomb, but you can hear where Prince was at that time. And you also hear um, when they're allowed to contribute where the musicians were at that time, too. And no slight to them, but the cats that was playing on albums 30 years ago. was keeping it 100. They not. I don't, there are different levels than the cats that are playing on these records today. The cats that are playing these records up today was able to study those old cats and everything else that came through in music and their playing shows that. So they on some other shit. Let's just keep it 100. So when you hear this, yeah, I keep that in mind. So I was just like, I was blown away. And I'm like, a dude that has done so many jams and all this stuff over the years, he's still able to come with some stuff that I would say, this is hot. You know, I was still like, I was shocked when I listened to it. I was like, yo, this dude is beyond badass. Um, and, it, you know, the other thing I'll say with this album made me recognize, I actually went back and listened to, like, Hit and Run, Phase 2, and some of the newer ones that I've only listened to a few times just because I'm just, you know, I was like, yeah, these are cool, it's cute, yeah, yeah. But if some of the songs, because you can hear their influences are they very timely to this. I was like, man, I was kind of sleeping on some of this other stuff. And you know why I was sleeping and why I love this album? Because this album is a complete thematic package. And at least the way it sounds to me, all the songs match as they are recorded here. I can hear some of the stylings of these recordings on some of the other albums that have came out in the last few years but it's like a song here a song there it's almost patchwork type stuff 
to me, this is a complete project. It sounds like they were all recorded around the same time and they all match sonically and lyrically. Uh, so to me, this album is one of his best albums, period. In my, I'm just giving you my opinion. You don't have to agree with it. I'm just saying for me, I sit it right up there with the greats. Like this is a badass album. Uh, again, musically, lyrically, it's cold. I, I love it. And I think the thing about these songs, why I was kind of lukewarm coming into it, because I don't know, you know, these songs to me, this is going to sound crazy. They work now to me as separate songs because I've ingested the album. I, I've heard them in their full context. But I think when you take them out of the album and you start playing them by themselves without understanding where they fit, they just became like, oh, okay, this is cool. You know, Hot Summer, I wasn't really feeling Hot Summer. And he came out with that song years ago. Remember, it was like on the website or it came, you know, somehow they had put it out back in the day. And I first heard I was like, yeah, it's cool. No, I'm not going to really listen to that. And even when they dropped it as a single, I was like, ah, that's cool. I remember that song. It's cute. Now that I hear it in the album, when it comes on in the album, in the placing where it comes, banger. I can't stop listening to it. I, I sang the song just out and about now. It's a, hot, it's a saying to me when I see some, some foolishness on the man, it's going to be a hot summer. <laughs> or, you know, you might see a, 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 a chick walk by. Man, it's a hot summer. I, I dig it. I get it now. I was like, okay, this is genius. In the context of the album, all the songs work perfectly for me. So that's my quick take on it is to say, man, Welcome to America. You need to, one, take the time to listen to it. That's what this album, this album is, you need to take your time. And that's what a lot of Prince's albums have always been, but I would say even this one, because we can't help but to come into this with our expectations, what we want it to be like, what we think it's supposed to sound like, or what it's supposed to mean. But if you take the time to listen to it from the top to the bottom, a couple of times, if you take the time to read the lyrics, when you're listening to the songs, you're going to be like, yo, what? Man, hmm. let me, I'm going to go on Google real quick. It's going to make you, it may make some of y'all do your Googles because you're going to be like, <laughs> What's he what do you mean George Washington never told no lies? We would all be what? Saved? Ah. Ooh. I was like, Prince is he's a fool. He was saying some stuff that's going to push him, people. I love it. That's what he's supposed to do. That's what he's always been doing. Again, you can go back to not just the Rainbow Children. You can go back to controversy. He was dropping some shit. You can go back to Dirty Mind. Thematically, he was talking about what his envisions on certain things were. He was always, Sign of Times, he's always been doing this. Love Sexy It's just now is... You know, I think as he's got older in the game, he realizes power. They can't really do nothing to me. I can say some stuff. I think that's why I love Rainbow Children. I can see why this didn't come out. And it ain't because I think the music wasn't bad. I just think what they talk, what he's talking about on it, he knew that it's going to upset some people or certain parts of the fan base ain't ready to hear this type of stuff or they don't want to hear that. That's not their prince. <clears throat> that's to me why I would think this album didn't come out. <coughs> Excuse me. So let me just shut up. Dope album. We're going to get into the songs. Hold on, Mike. Hold on. Okay, Before go ahead. we get into the songs, I did a little research just now 
on Chris Coleman, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if you guys know. I didn't know. But this guy is, well, he played with Prince, so you know he's got the chops. But apparently he was a very young kid. Uh, at 14, I believe, he started touring with Edwin Hawkins and other major gospel acts as the drummer. Uh, a couple of years after that, Guitar Center had what they call the, oh, I don't have it in front of me. They had like a big drumming competition. You know, 30,000 people enter. He won. Wow. Uh, he's played with Shaka Khan. He's very heavy into music theory. So I was reading that about his uh, this article over in Modern Drummer about him. And he's talking about sight reading and these other theoretical things like, wow, this guy's heavy. And hopefully this will put some more, you know, shine on him and he can get some more session work or, or other things because he's great. He's up there with Michael B as far as I'm concerned. He's, he's that good. He, he's, he's a serious drummer. All right. Yeah, I mean, salute to everybody involved. Uh, uh, we're going to go into the songs. But again, uh, I can't stress enough. Big salute to Morris Hayes, man, because yes. I could hear how probably Prince was like, okay, I recorded this. Yo, Morris, put your thing on it. You know what I'm saying? And you can kind of, to me, what I would think might have been some of Morris's contributions. But I will say, I don't. it doesn't feel overproduced. No, it no, doesn't feel like it's, you know, the other thing I love about this album, it's not trying to sound like whatever was hitting at the time. That's what I think it makes it timeless. Some of the albums that came out after this, dope albums, but they sound like, oh, okay, Prince is doing what's popping today. You know, he, you know, salute to, what's my, what's the guy who was a producer on the last couple records, uh, had him on the show. Uh, Joshua Winton. Just salute Josh, to Joshua. Yeah, Josh. Salute, salute <clears throat> to his, him and his family, his wife, lovely people. Uh, much respect. Um, but, you know, the thing that Joshua brought to the game, uh, one of the aspects as a fan, I'm saying this, I don't, I'm not, I'm not all in there thing, is that, you know, he was able to keep the sound current. You know what I'm saying? At that particular time. So it sounded like what was really popping, what the young folks is into. I dig it. But this one here, it doesn't have any of that to me. It doesn't sound like, oh, I'm trying to be what's popping today. So that's one thing I also love about it is that it's not trying to sound super current. It just sounds like classic music. And depending on the person who listens to it, they may say, well, to me, it sounds like, as we said, maybe some jazz, or it may sound like some 70s. Some, to me, it just sounds like Prince. And what Prince always has done throughout his career is to wear his influences, sometimes hidden on his sleeve, but he wore them nonetheless. And if you knew music, you could hear what he's doing. You'd be, oh, okay, he's doing, oh, but he freaked that. He's doing his such and such, or he's doing his sly, or whatever. And he does, or he's doing his Mayfield, Curtis in this album. So he's always had that, but to me, he did it without making it sound like it was, oh, he's doing his Pharrell, or he's doing it. You know what I mean? So <clears throat> it's still 100% Prince. I wanted to say salute to the, the singers, man. Uh, Shelby J, Elise, and Liv. Listen, to me, I see people saying, oh, there's too much of them singing. Well, was it too much when Jill Jones was singing on? Was it too much when uh, Susanna was singing all on the concerts? All, all the video. <laughs> no, it sounded dope. And to me, he's doing exactly what he's always done. He had the female voice doing backgrounds and harmonies with his shit. The shit was bomb. Was it too much when Worlzy and... 
And it, nah, so to me, I was, I was like, this is classic Prince. He got the sisters singing and they they bailing it. They, man, ah, it's just dope, man. I said, I, I can't say it enough. I'm here for all the smoke for this album. <laughs> but uh, listen, we're going to get into these songs. If you want to hear the rest of this, I would advise you to go check us out on Patreon or just go to our podcast where you can hear the whole thing because we're about to go song for song. We're going to play some of these songs and we're just going to celebrate. And if there's some critiques, we'll have some critiques for sure. But uh, yeah, welcome to America. Uh, it's on. It's on and popping. Uh, so with that said, any other things before we jump into the songs? Nope. All Musicians. Right. Damn. Yes. World class, obviously. World class. And, and, and as we get into these songs, it ain't going to be lost on us of how this album is not only timely, you know, what's going on in the world, but it also, in my opinion, even speaks to Prince's own situation, some of these songs. And I find it very ironic that they would even put this out because I think some of these songs open the door to start conversations about Prince's estate situation because <laughs> he's talking about and he's indirectly or I don't know, you can you know, directly speaking about that type of shit. You know, we, when we get to was it running game, son of a slave master? Man, primary slave all day. But anyway, let's what? go. Let's go. We're going to have to disagree on that that's one. All right. That's what we're here for, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, on, I'm, I'm high on my third flu right now. God damn it. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, with that said, man, let's just talk about the first song. Welcome to America. Like we always do about this time. Yeah. Now this would have been in the in the alternate world, this would have been the intro to the first Prince album on Death Row. Niggas and niggas. By the features of so, the right off the he, he going, he said the following message is brought to you by Viacom. <laughs> right off the gate, they'd be like, We know no, that no, shit you, out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, just what, what are you guys' thoughts on the first track? And I and I asked him during the song, I said, Who was the president? You know, when this song came out, it was Obama, right? This, this yes, would have been in Obama's era, um, which is very interesting. <laughs> but with that said, any thoughts on this track? again when it opened up <clears throat> you know i i didn't catch the similarity to that dre opening until you pointed it out to me just now but what op what i caught was again the clarity the sound the depth of you know the bass it just 
damn. This is something that, you know, again, like you said, you want to sit down and enjoy this. This is not a collection of singles. You know, this is a suite of music, like, like Ann said, like what's going on, you know? And when I, when I started last night and I heard this opening, I'm like, okay, okay, we're going to get deep tonight. Let's go. Both, you know, lyrically and musician-wise, like, let's go. Let's get into it. I love it. Great opening. Yeah, Pooh? Yeah, for me, I, I have to agree. Just the tone, it's like he's easing us into this. It's like that, that doom, 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 doom. For me, like, I feel like I've, I've heard that, that riff many times, mostly in gangster rap and in some of the, the hood movies. And for me, I was just like, oh, shit, it's about to be something. That just, that's just how it felt to me. You know what? But, it, it, it reminds real quick. Just cut it. Uh, what's the, mm-hmm. the George Clinton song? Uh, Sorry, I'm not well. I'm not well versed. It, it, it's on the chronic the too. They do it on the chronic as well. They play off. Well, let me ride. Uh, uh, let me ride. It's the like. Was, black, I, I should. I know y'all just killing me right now. It's the one where it's, it's black something. And George Clinton was like, we're going to have Stevie Wonder is such and such. And uh, I, I'm I, so I sorry. Know. I know you sorry. guys are just like, you guys are fucking <laughs> <nice>. <laughs> Make my beat the chronic bump the game. Make my It's that same kind of vibe. You know what I'm saying? What's the song that they're hyped? What what's the real song, though? I, I'm just shameful that we're just not able to say at the top of our heads. I thought it was that song. But it's, that's a remake of a George Clinton song. Yeah, P-Funk. Yeah, I thought it was is that. Is it P-Funk? Yeah, P-Funk. P-Funk, uh, yeah. No, no. That's the one I know. Uh, go ahead. I, I could drop. I have my research. I'm going to find this. I'm going to find this. song. uncut. Right, yeah. That's is the that song. The song? Yeah. yeah. And and George Clinton is talking about, like, it's almost like Black in America or something like yeah, that. It's kind of it's kind of yeah. like okay. there's some radio person, like, we we here to stimulate your mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. the song. All yeah. right, there you go. Yeah. I, I'm still trying to figure out which song you, you said was sampled or that was on Chronic. Because I don't remember Well, they that. do that song on that Chronic album. <sighs> I have to look through it again. I, I it's like RBX is talking. The name of the song is P-Funk, who wants to get funked up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Mm. Go ahead. But yeah, just uh, just overall, just the what he's calling out, what he's speaking to, the, the one line where he says, where everything and nothing that Google says is him. Mm. I was just like, wow, okay. Uh, like, like you were saying, there's some reasons why he didn't put some of this stuff out because he was throwing some shots at people. But I, I, I really love it. The fact of the matter is this is Prince. So he's earned that mantle where he can go left, so to speak, and address some of these things that he's noticing at that time, at that point in time of our country. And I absolutely love it. Now, that being said, this is funky. This is ill. It's a nice uh, song that you can just slowly listen to and groove to. However, the live version? <laughs> Mark, Mark just listened to it. Or, uh, I think with the last twenty four hours, you know what I'm talking about. That one where he funked it up with that with that guitar riff and that heavy bass with the banging uh, drums and the live concert. Oh man! And it, it's the the messed up part about it is we only got the first verse of that. I would have loved to have heard what the rest of that song would have sounded like 
with the uh, with the live rendition. Mm. Absolutely, and and just so I can clear my mind, I do not attempt to yeah, okay. adjust You're your right. rhythm. This is what I was there is about. nothing wrong. Yeah. We have taken control as to bring you this special show. Mm-hmm. We will return it to you as soon as you are grooved. A welcome. That's what it kind of reminds me of a little bit. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was for a minute there. I was thinking you might have been confused because I remember Ice Cube sampled that for a song on uh, the Predator. That was his last song. Gotcha. Yeah, I, I feel like there's something. I'm still. I'm thinking of something else too, but it's in the same vein. Um, but you know, my little thing to say about this song, like I said, man, just mu- just if you were just going to the lyrics too, like. He really is calling out, name checking a lot of things like you know the iPhone, the Viacom, Google, and I, I, you know, I would just be like, I could see why I was like, eh, these are some of the top corporations in the game, period, in the world, and here you are, sort of, it, it could be seen as if you're throwing shade to them a little bit. That's some bold stuff to be doing when they. When you can look at these companies control the access to a lot of the information, particularly the music that comes out. Like if you're not, if you was to come out beefing with the iPhone or Apple, you ain't going to be on iTunes. I mean, you know what I mean? Like they don't have to push you through that. That's the major component to the game. You go in at Google, they can shadow ban you. Like, why, you know, or you want to go at Viacom, you don't need, okay, so... They turn you off at Xfinity. You know what I mean? Just like it's interesting that he was going at a lot of these these cats and, you know, in a subliminal way or however you want to look at it, he's kind of going in on America a little bit. Some people might think, oh, this is unpatriotic. And I asked a question about Obama because, you know, back then you really couldn't be saying nothing, even perceived to be talking greasy about the Obama uh, organization and you'd be black doing it. You can't do that now without people. What are you talking about? You know, so it's and and, and look, you know, Prince. You ain't black. Yeah, Prince performed for Obama. So I mean, there's a lot going on, but it's interesting that this is how he started the album out. This was going to be the theme at this particular era. It was going to be the welcome to. It still was the Amer welcome to America era. But let's leave this song out of it. <laughs> let's just make it about this tour of song. You know, I was just wondering back then. Why would you? Why is it called "Welcome to America"? Like what? Now I knew there was a song that existed, but I was curious. So why did he not really promoting that? Like, why is that? That's not the first song being played on the tour. He may have played it a couple of times. So it's just interesting that this was the setup for the movement. But at the time, and we don't know the answer. I can speculate. This might not. He might have been like, nah. I can see why you would hesitate yourself. You know what I mean? I, I can understand that. I'm not saying this is the reason, but I can understand and speculate that, man, I could see why there'd be a hesitation to put something out. This is a bold message. Um, but I salute him for doing it. Now that it comes out in 2021, uh, one on hand, I find it hilarious. Uh, I find it sad, which we'll get into later, but I also find it pretty bold, and you could chalk it up and say, man, for the people who are just getting into <clears throat> Prince or some of the younger people that are like they may hear of this release and like, no, this is a new album. I hope they take the time, as I said earlier, to listen to this and be like, yo, Prince was cold. Like 
I just seen images of this guy and I kind of know who he's in pop culture, but I didn't know he was, he was spitting. <laughs> I hope they get this. I hope they take that away from like, yo, he was a cold cat, man. Okay, let me get into this. So anyway, welcome to America. Um, let's get into another one. Give me a second. Y'all can say anything y'all need to say while I pull that up. <clears throat> well, going on, uh, the bass player, Cal Wilkenfeld, I looked up her, um, I guess, track record. She, for being so young, has played with everybody. <laughs> she is, she's almost to the level of those cats from Toto as far as being a notorious session player. I mean, she's, I'm looking at the list now. Jeff Beck, Herbie Hancock, Macy Gray, Lee Rittenauer, Jackson Brown, Steve Lukather, Ryan Adams, Toto, Todd Rundgren, Keith Urban, Prince. Damn. She's real. And you can, and you can hear it. He, he chose well on this, uh, on this project. He really did. Absolutely. Uh, I can't, we're not going to take away from the lyrics. I mean, one of our greatest exports was the thing called jazz. You think today's yep. music will last? <laughs> Dismantle all monopolies. Dismantle all monopolies. Welcome to America. Man, he was clowning. He was clowning ahead. And he does it in such a way that you could almost see his face, you know, that kind of that prince, kind of that snark, kind of, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I can imagine him doing this. And to me, this is the same sort of person who would have done, like, if you, you know, I'm going to go back to the, they always praise in Purple Rain as they should, but the same guy that was in that movie that was doing The Beautiful Ones and he points at the chick and, like, mm -hmm. damn near is embarrassing her in front of everybody. And going in, this is the same thing. He's, just, he's looking at America now, <laughs> and he's clowning. You know, you know, one of yeah, uh, hope and change. Everything takes forever, and truth is a new minority. Oh, welcome to America. Today we like to discuss America's plan to fix the educational system. The Pledge of Allegiance will now read as follows: I pledge allegiance to the Earth of the United States of the Universe. <laughs> He said, there's no arguing with the book. And where am I going to learn something? Oh, where am I going to learn something new? There's no arguing with the book. Well, who's going to teach it to me? You? There's no arguing with the book. What's that outside my windowsill? There is no, could it be arguing our free will? Stop. <laughs> Welcome to America. He's a cold cat, man. This is the last part I want to read this. You can insinuate with America can provide many opportunities for the young female who wishes to work for the state for her own advancement up from the underclass to become one. Welcome to America. Yeah, man. Prince had a lot to say. I almost wish, you know, one of the things and I don't have the deluxe in front of me. I have it down. So I have an open salute to everyone involved. Great job. But it would have been even more, one thing I would say, it would have been real cold if they knew what books Prince had been reading and things he was studying. And they put links, at least a link or was like somebody spoke on. This is how he got to this point to be spitting this type of stuff. Why is this important to him? It's not just some throwaway lyrics for some pop song. That's the other part I hope this album gets people to be like, yo, man. What, what what was he on? Oh, he was reading this. Or he was reading. 
Oh, okay. It ain't just song and dance no more. He was on some other stuff, man. I mean, no. Janelle Monae <clears throat> said. That's definitely not that. Remember, Janelle Monae said uh, he put her onto Hidden Colors, so. Mm, I know people, some people were mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, <laughs> it is what it is. All right, let's get to the next joint. Let it play. Sound like it's gonna be some kind of like summertime chilling, chilling college. A little bit of funky worminess in West Coast. No lie, this sounds like a Drake track. that the man downtown be knowing. Wax turn to beef when the gangsters meet. Son of a slave master, keeping it going, going. Actually, you know what? Let's let play that. Let the other one play real quick. Element free seems like a lot next to poverty. How much you really want for all them beats? Son of a slave master, keeping it going, going, going. Mm. All right. We're going to go to Big Sexy first. Any thoughts on Son of a Slave Master for running game? You know, I haven't really digested it lyrically yet because I didn't want to open up my uh, my booklet and my pack my uh, deluxe package. I'm letting that slide, and you know, risk crumpling it or anything like that. But <clears throat> I like what again the production of the vocals. Who who is doing the lead on that? Shelby J. The great. That is Shelby. Shelby? Yes, sir. You know. It's it's fantastic. Again, this is something that, at least for me, you're not going to fully take in after one or two listenings. You know, I got to sit down and really do the deep dive. But I love it. I love it. It's like that, like what I had said. It's got that little summertime chill vibe to it. I'm like, yeah, let's go. And again, like I said earlier, it's not a collection of singles here. It's not going to be, hey, let's go party and put on... You know, delirious or something like that. No, this is not what we're doing here today. You know, we're we're making a commentary, which is relevant now as it was back then. So, again, it's easy, not easily to digest, but it is effortless because of the way it sounds. You know, it doesn't. It's not shrill. It's not harsh sounding, and some of the. Uh, you know, posthumous releases have been a little, a little touchy in the beginning, but this one is, again, two songs in, sound quality is magnificent. All right. And Pooh. I just want to read this one for a minute. <clears throat> uh-huh. All the uh-huh. gates of Henry uncovered your past. Checker like a NASCAR flags. Moving too fast. 
Bet you if you had your way, you turn back the hourglass. What an ASS. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm, I'm saying it right now. The All Lives Matter contingent of the Purple Army turned this album off right after that. I'm going to say it right now. Because, woo, this man was not playing. He suckered you in with that groove, which definitely harkens back to uh, some of the stuff that Dre was um, doing with the early Death Row stuff. And definitely back to the 70s uh, with some of the groups that were putting out some amazing music. And then he preached to you. And he told you what you needed to hear, not what you wanted to hear. And just overall, just explaining the music industry. And at some point, you know, the American society. And I'm just like, wow, this man, uh, he was, he had no fucks to give before that was a cool phrase. So yeah, man. this is a two for two. Yeah, I mean, to me, he, yeah, just the very beginning is... You know, how many gats in the slacks be showing? <laughs> Bet you that man downtown be knowing wax turned to beef when the gangsters meet. How, and see, this, to me, this is where I would say he was kind of, he could be spitting. This could, this is an interesting song for them to put out today because somebody could be like, I would love for somebody to be at one of the, uh, if they have like another celebration and they do the panel. And it could be right there in the soundboard area in Paisley Park with the people doing the presentation. And someone said, hey, what, what was really popping with running game? Like he says uh, something about how much do you want for that real dope beat? Uh, how much possibilities? Another A&R man. He can put it on you. Lying through his teeth. Son of a slave master. Meet and greet. There goes the publishing. And you're back on the street. Mm-hmm. 25000 is like selling it for free. Seems like a lot next to poverty. How much you really want for all those beats? Now, if I was making a music video for this, <clears throat> and I'm going to say this about another song we'll get into later, I would have had some of the Prince's family members, <laughs> like I use stock footage from or pictures, showing them going to court, dealing with the situation. <laughs> And they were like, oh, you sold your, oh, well, man, I guess $25,000 or whatever you check you got, it must seem like a lot of money to you based off of how you live it. How much you really want for your interest in this, in this estate? And then they would, well, you can meet with the bankers. You can meet with the representatives from these other companies who want to buy. And they're probably not going to be uh, people of color that own this, but if I just go by the theme of this song, they might be, and this is the part that gets them mad, they might be sons of slave masters. And they're going to what? They're going to be keeping it going. <laughs> and you're going to turn over your shit to them for chump change. That's to me with this song. That's my interpretation of what he's talking about. A&R men lying through their teeth. So, so he's talking about the uh, predatory some would say systematic. Some say that's the way the game goes. Talking about the music business, how they can get young black folks. Oh, you made this? That's great. Uh, let me give you this, and you can sign it all over to me. Here go your chicken and spinners <laughs> and grills, <laughs> and you can go over there and be happy. That shit's gonna, not going to be worth shit, and at the end of the day, 
you'll be back on the street and I'm going to own, and he was, there go the publishing, and I'm going to own this and get the royalties from this forever for another generation to come. <laughs> that's, how I believe, I, that's how I read this song. I believe it goes back to the song on Emancipation, uh, White Mansion, about mm. the publisher rights. Somehow publishing, what a laugh. I don't know Bo, but I do know Mass. That's right. Oh, yeah. 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 Hey, he, he, he's going in on this song. This is a cold track right here, man. I got no problem with that because, I, you know, I, I tell musicians constantly when I meet them, like, think about the big picture, guys and ladies. You know, your publishing is where you live. You need to keep that. Period. If you want to let people license it, that's fine. But you need to keep the publishing. Yeah, what is, I want. I, I love to hear some of my symposium brothers. I, I know they're gonna break these songs down so they can forever be broken. But the last thing it's the last part of the song is sung by Prince and Shelby. It says, "Oh, black on black crime, Abel and Cain. You would think High Yellow would be ashamed." I want to know what he meant by that part. Who do you think high level, uh, high yellow would be ashamed? Oh, in the 21st century, it's still about greed and fame. I'm about to, about to go insane. Somebody call 911 and leave his name. Son of a son of a slave master. Chris <laughs> was wild. I love it. Now, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm gonna go there. I'm gonna go live. Do you think high yellow? He was talking about Obama. See, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 don't, I was thinking, that, or he could be talking about himself. It, it's, mm. it's so open to interpretation, but I would love to hear what somebody could say. What did you think he was? Because that would be a cold thing to say if he was talking about Obama. I could see how he may be saying that. doesn't matter if I agree with it or not, but I love it. That's, <sighs> this is print. See, this is why I wish. I'm glad it came out now. One hand, he's not around to catch no smoke over it. <laughs> But I would have, boy, if this had came out back then, oh my goodness. They would have had to have celebrations over this month. You know, he had to have celebrations over Rainbow Children because he knew they was going to act a fool. <laughs> it's like, let me try to explain it to him. <laughs> they would have really been mad about this. <laughs> you would think High Yellow would be ashamed. Woo! Saying this, he's not going over, not over our savior. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm sure y'all in the comments, please let me know what he was talking about. At least what you think he was talking about. All right, what we got next? Born to Die. Let's go. Oh, uh, 
die you know i don't I, I, a couple things i will say quickly is i love when prince goes into the storytelling type bag i'm very curious mm-hmm. what this story is this something that he somebody he met or what is this based on i'm just very curious this is a very sad kind of story to me toward the end you know i, I don't understand if he's trying to say that she committed suicide by jumping off the building or somebody pushed her off the building because of the shit she was into. Uh, but nonetheless, it's just it's a, it's a dark type of song to me. I'm really trying to understand, like, man, what was going on with that? Um, but I will hear you guys' thoughts on this. Ampu, what would you think of Born to Die? Uh, for me, um, just this whole song, the vibe, this reminded me of uh, the Superfly album. It's like he was definitely in that bag with... Uh, Curtis Mayfield, uh, maybe this was a homage, maybe he was listening to some stuff. Uh, full disclosure, um, the first time I listened to this song, I was out on my porch and I was imbibing, I don't know if it's imbibing, <laughs> I <guess> inhaling <laughs> a little bit of OG Kush. Okay, so okay. This is definitely, I'm saying it right now, this is the song, if you partake, you. this is the one you listen to. It just... Is a nice laid back. Say no more. Uh, yeah. you, no, I'm just saying. You, no, you I'm just talking, I, I feel sit back it. and vibe. Oh, you just vibe. And I instantly was like, "Oh my God, he's he's pulling from Curtis Mayfield." This definitely sounds like some of those songs that he put in there. I I I kind of hear the Congo. I guess it'd be there, the Congo beat. Maybe that's uh that's done from the drum machine or not. But I just was feeling the music, and then the the lyrics. Um, I just was like, it was kind of shocking. My interpretation of it could be twofold. One, the things that women have to do in order to quote unquote survive in this world and maybe, and not maybe, but specifically black women, how they have to survive in this world because they're feeling, um, you know, they're, they're not getting the help from the men and they're being turned away, turned out from their family and the things that they have to do to survive in this world. And then secondly, I was thinking this might be talking about those uh, those pimping ass pastors with their mega churches. Mm. I know that's a whole other thing, but I'm just trying to yeah, I'm just yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. see because you know when he says she left the church a long time ago, said they couldn't teach what they did not know. That's when she lost her virginity. I'm thinking like that kind of sounds like someone that lost their way with the faith, but then decided this is my hustle. I'm gonna use that faith and get and hustle so I don't go back to where I was coming from. Again, that's that could be wild. That may be way out there. I could be totally wrong. But again, just looking at the li- looking at the lyrics, listening to it, 
I'm just like that whole that one right there. That those two lines, three lines, really captured me because I'm thinking you said that's when she lost her virginity, and I'm thinking you know I'm sure he, it, it's possible he is talking about her uh, her physical virginity, but I'm like what other kind of virginity could it be? Could it be wake wake waking up to um, the church hustle? Could it be waking up to um, what life has to do with, um, really has for her? Could it be waking up to just society at, at all as far as that losing the virginity? And that's why I thought this is a really brilliant song because you're really trying to interpret and look into, okay, what is he really talking about and how, how it's ending? So I just say this definitely is a, a masterpiece of storytelling that he put together here. Absolutely. And just to say, because I know the, the prince professors of the world will be on our necks. Yes, the story has come out that he made the song to, to be on some Curtis Mayfield in relation to uh, Cornell West, I believe. He's, yes. he's watching what? Ta- talking on TV. Yeah, Cornell like called that. him out. Call, yeah, he said, oh, you think I can't do some, you know, some, some Curtis? Let me let me show you my Curtis. You know what I'm saying? So, so there is a the connection. Yeah, man. <laughs> I, th- I believe it's on well, one of the podcasts, or I know I, the story is out there for sure. Well, he nailed it. He nailed it. If he, I, I just, again, when I, when I first started hearing like the first 30, 45 seconds, I'm like, this is Curtis Mayfield. I'm like, and then I started, as I started listening to more of the, the songs, I'm like, he's paying homage to all those great uh, R&B singers and bands from the 70s. And I'm loving it. Absolutely. Big Sexy. You. <clears throat> Yo. Are you born okay. to die? When I first saw I that, <clears throat> and this is going to sound weird coming from me, but when I, when I heard that and saw that lyric, I immediately thought of uh, Biggie Smalls. Well, yeah. Because yeah. wasn't his <clears throat> album titled Ready to Die or something like that? Yep. Yes, it was. So I, I went right to that. <clears throat> And I'm listening to it. And again, I can see some Curtis. I got to co-sign what you guys just said. I definitely see some Curtis there. And I remember seeing the quote from Cornell West saying, well, Brother Prince is good, but he ain't Curtis. What? Well, let's find out then. And yeah, this definitely speaks to that. And he did it, and he did it well. You know, Prince has a history of doing things and having the mindset of, you know what, I can do what they can do, but they can't do what I can do. You know, because that makes me think about a recent clip I just saw uh, online in light of the <clears throat> passing of Dusty Hill, bass player for ZZ Top, uh, Frank Gibbons. I'm probably getting the names mixed up. I hope, I hope I'm not. Um... The, oh, geez, I, I think I am. I do apologize. Billy Gibbons, the leader of um, ZZ Top, was talking to Prince at a New York club years ago, and they were just sitting there talking guitars. And he asked Prince, how do you do that guitar signature at the beginning of When Doves Cry? And Prince, to his credit, said, you know what? I forgot it was an accident, and I can't duplicate it. But when, when you challenge someone especially a world-class musician or a world-class creative person, they're going to pick it up. And so I don't know how serious Cornell West was with this, with that statement as being a challenge. 
That's how it was taken, and this is what we got. Prince went out there and did it. Again. Guy was a genius. And again, that's a word that gets thrown around far too easily in today's climate. I'm not going to go off on that rant, but it fit here. Because this is, a, again, another masterpiece. All right. And with that, we're just going to keep it moving. Keeping it at 100, I was ready to hate on this when I first, first heard this come on. Boy, was I wrong. Love this song, so it gives me hype when I listen to it. I, I listen, <clears throat> let me say when it first comes on again, because I'm somewhat jaded sometimes, or my expectations of what, what I want things to be. I was like, ah, man, this is gonna be one of these kind of uh, ballerina. I'm talking on my soft, it's like, ah, oh, he's trying to go on some pop. You know, some kind of radio stations I don't ever listen to type shit. But when I started listening, I was like, this is Prince doing Prince. Like it's all this, all of his trademarks are in the music. It's just that the musicianship and the sounds are just, it's different. It's not a whole bunch of drum machines or a whole bunch of synths or different things. There is some in there, but it's a more organic type of sound, but it's the same music. You know, it's the same core stuff. And as I'm listening to it, and then when he, what really killed it for me, or just really locked me in, when he get to the 1,000 light years away from here, I was like, oh, that is so filthy. <laughs> like, who does stuff like that? But Prince does. And then he just comes with these very clever ways of singing the choruses and the interplay between the other voices. Just beautiful to me. I love this is one of the standout songs for me, and I know that you've heard a little piece of this type of music was in the, was it Black Muse, I think, on the, one of the other albums. He, he sort of plays this in that song at the end. Uh, <clears throat> but here, just to hear it for itself, ah, oh, man, uh, it just I love it. Musically, I love it. And then when I piece together the lyrics and because a lot of times for me, I just go purely by feel 
of a song, whether it's the music or it's the tone of Prince's voice, the way, you know, the emotion in his voice sometimes. I don't even know what the hell he'd be saying, but he can just grab me by just the sonicness of it, the voice, of the, you know. So, so on that level, it starts to get me. And then when I really start listening to what he's saying, I'm just like, whoa, this song is, I hate to say it's deep. You know, this song is like, I'm, I'm very, I would just love to know what he meant by some of this stuff. I gather that this song is just speaking on a, on a thing like, man, there's hope for us out there. We can be all this great stuff. But it's like, I mean, he's like, but it's 1,000 light years away from me. That one part that sounded like, I, I don't know if I can deal with that. I need mine right now, but I can understand that the hope of this, um, and just like I say, even the first part of the song, when you've never, when you, when you never been a part of the country on dry land. That testify that one you, right You know what I'm there. saying? Yeah. We used to be smarter. <laughs> That's a cold little line right there. We taught, we taught them what they know. And now we got mm -hmm. to show them what it means to be an American. <laughs> That's wild stuff, man. I'm going to jump ahead. You can dream in color when you let go of the proverbial, you got to crawl before oh, you walk. I was just going to bring that one up. That listen was like, to me. Yeah, listen to mm. me now, brother. Listen to me like the motion of the stars. We are the star. You might as well come on. Let's go. Let's slide. Hey, stop talking. Baby dreaming about a new world order. Ah, but it's just a nightmare if you still got borders. Wouldn't you rather have me near 1,000 light years away from here? Nigga, I, in my mind, listen to the song. I could see like, I just seen a video. It was like somebody was telling this to somebody and it was like in the future, but it was like, man, Earth is just so fucked up, man. It, 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 it tripping. Let me just take you to the next universe where it's peace, man. All that stuff I'm talking about is right over here. It's just one light, 1,000 light years away from here. Let me hit that button. We hit the warp drive. Zoop. And then when we just arrive in the new world, and it's, it's, a, it's, just, it's on some different shit. Last thing I want to say, just the one part he says here, he says, uh, 1,000 light years away from here. He comes, he lets you know, though, he said, and a peaceful resolution. You know, pardon me, I was like, how, how can it be a peaceful resolution with all of this going on? And he says, I'm talking about a peaceful resolution. 1,000 light years away from here. Uh, 1,000 light years away from here. Come on, we need a spiritual resolution. I feel you on that, but I was like, man, I don't, is that... How can you have peace when you're dealing with a lot of foolishness? <laughs> like, it's almost like, man, you want to go light years. I'm trying to get mine right here. I'm ready to. And I know Prince is not going to come that way, but it'd been very interesting. Listen, it'd have been very interesting if he was alive right now and everything that went down in Minneapolis. And you see where his head was at in 2010. But now when he's talking about spiritual resolutions and peaceful resolutions, and all of the madness is in his home state. You know, that's what the George Floyd, all that's popping off right there. I'd have been very curious to hear what he would have thought now. Like, man, you know, I, I was talking about the peaceful side. That ain't work. <laughs> they done brought it to my doorstep now. 
you know, I mean, it'd be very interesting to see what he would have responded. But with that said, love this track. Me personally, Big Sexy, you may have a different take on it. What's your thought? <laughs> <clears throat> no, man. Um, again, I didn't delve that deep lyrically. I'm going to have to, you know, once I continue listening. Um, but just for me, the presentation, you know, the thoughtfulness, the construction of the music, that's what I'm hearing. And it's all top-notch. Earlier, you, you mentioned, <clears throat> I think we all did, some of the earlier uh, past releases have been a little lacking. Uh, he was out of space now, where he brought in this group of musicians and, of course, Morris, and said, go ahead and show me what you got. And they rose to the challenge. A lot of people get up under that spotlight and for some reason don't make it. You know, I'm not going to drop names, but we all know that there have been people in the in the Prince camp who've come in and we blinked and they were gone. You know, some people can't keep up to that pressure or that the demands of that type of genius. This group did. And this is what we get for it. You know, a magnificent piece of music. All right. And Pooh. Uh, yeah, this, it was throwing shade. It was uplifting. It was some act right in there. And he put it together with a great musical composition. Um, there's, just, there's just so many layers to this song. Uh, again, is he on a spirituality tip? Is he on a, a brother's going to work it out type tip? Or is it just, uh, you know, to me, when I, when I first heard the song, it reminded me of an interlude song from the movie Lean On Me. Uh, it was the one where they were trying to get prepared for the, uh, ah, I forgot the, the test score, you know, that uh, uh, Crazy Joe was trying to get those scores. And they, they played this song, and this kind of reminded me of it because it was a very uplifting and uh, light, airy type song. But it has some heavy words in it that I'm, I'm just sitting there like, damn, he, he, he's not pulling any punches. Uh, there was one line where he said, uh, where's it at? I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. Uh, where he was talking about, you know, they're telling us, uh, it's, you know, start looking outside of yourself, just clap your hands, don't understand, but they keep selling lies to keep people buying. And I'm mm. like, damn. Mm -hmm. I'm like, whoa. And, you know, we can all try to interpret that, uh, who he's speaking to. I mean, seriously, just looking at mass corporate um, mainstream culture of, of uh, materialism. And it, songs just deep. And it sounds good. Yeah, that's the thing. All of the stuff he's talking about, it is so masked in a, just a great, uplifting sounding song. <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds like it's hopeful. You just want to get sucked into it. That's the thing. It's like it's so easy to get sucked into it. And you don't know what you be saying. That's why, I say, that's why to me music is so powerful. Because it can be, you could be singing some stuff. And just because the melody of it sounds so, feels so good to you. You can give yourself over to it, but you don't really know what the hell you're saying. And it could be saying something great, could be saying something bad or whatever, but 
this one says a lot of things, but like I said, if you didn't pay attention to that, you would just be like, wow, this is a, I feel great singing this. I love singing this part. And you don't even know what the hell you're really saying, but it just speaks to the power of music, in my opinion. And Prince, and Prince realizes that, obviously. I mean, he's known that for a long time, but uh, he doesn't, he's not just throwing lyrics together because they rhyme. <laughs> you dig? Like, he's making an absolute point. Uh, and that's why I love this project. Whether you agree with the point or not, it, the fact that it has a point to it, I, I can appreciate that. Um, all right. The next song. Shout out to Liv Warfield. Absolutely fabulous. Love her voice on this. Listen, when this song first came out as a single, to me, again, it's easy to take this song and be like, ah, this is, and I see some people say, oh, this sounds like something Scooby-Doo Mysteries is background music when they was doing it. <laughs> and, and, and I could see that, but the thing about it, yeah. Scooby-Doo and all these shows, because they took they was trying to take the vibe of Sly and all them and put that in what they was doing. We just forget where all this stuff comes from. To me, this is Prince, as he has done on many of his records and over his career, on his Sly. Like, that's his Yodas. Sly Stone, Larry Graham, that's his Prince. And he's always wore them on his sleeve, sometimes very upfront, sometimes it's hidden. But this, to me, is him like, yo... <clears throat> I'm going to do what I know. I know me some slide. This is, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not shocked by this. I just think it works perfectly. I think it's a great homage to them. It's a great song in the context of this album. It's bang. It's like we needed that. It's like, oh, man, let me give y'all some Little Red Corvette. Let me give y'all some, you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's, it's the summertime. We're going to enjoy ourselves, feel good. We're going to harken back to the guys who created this shit at the beginning, hot fun in the summertime and all that, and just give you my spin on it. I, I love it, man. Hot summer, and it's super catch. On one hand, I can almost see Prince being very cynical with this song and doing it in almost like a, you know how he just has that certain look sometimes where it's like, you singing, you think he's singing about his fun, but he's really like, yeah, a hot summer, right? You know what I mean? Like, I can almost see that part of it, too. And again, I just thinking on a video, I can see this video being, 
It could be a video of just purely Prince performing in the crowd. Yeah, hot summer, hey, you know. Or it could have been like on some hot, if he'd have put it out today, it'd have hot summer and it would have been showing footage of Minneapolis was really popping in the streets. And it was a hot summer. Like, we on, we out here. And it, the good or the bad. The good is they got the, the kids out and the families are out marching. The bad was it went too far and they burning down the store. It's a hot summer. <laughs> so it could be played either. That's how I look at it. I'm not saying that's how Prince is. I'm just saying I could see it either way. Because it's being released in 2021. So hot summer can mean a lot. Your hot girl summer and all that. And it could also be the other, other hand of it's hot out here. They, they take him to the Capitol. So to me, this song can, can go either way. But I love it. Like It's so catchy to me now. I can't stop playing it. But I love it. Ampoo, what's your thoughts on this? You have a totally different take on it. Yeah, I'm not that big a fan of this song. Uh, like you said, it's definitely catchy. It reminds me of my summertime thing and latest fashion. Mm. But um, I'm not, maybe the metaphors are, you know, are escaping me. I'm, I'm not really, I'm not fully feeling this one just yet. It's def, definitely catchy um, pop vibe to it. Uh, but it's probably something that I'm not going to listen to a lot. So sorry, but it, I just, it, I'm just not uh, feeling this. It's not catching me. Hey, that's all good, man. This is your take on it. Big Sexy. Yo, <clears throat> to me, I have a piece of donut in my mouth. You caught me. Later. To me, it's like a transition song because the first few songs that we've heard have been pretty heavy, you know, thematically and lyrically. And now with Hot Summer taking a step back, you know, lighten the mood a little bit before we get back into it. And that's what this, that's, you know, you need to do things like that. It's like um, when you're in a restaurant, you get a little something between courses, a little palate cleanser. That's what this is. I can see that. I can see that. All right. Well, it's definitely, it's going to be hot summer. I, I could just see Larry Grammer. It's going to be hot summer. Man, if he was, if he was able to bring Sly out of wherever Sly is at and they had him in the video. I'd be like, okay, good, good looking. Or if they had Prince either rolled up to to uh, Sly's RV. He'd be standing there like the RV thing. He'd have knocked on his door. Prince would have been saying, he's like, it's going to be. They would have had Sly come out the door, open the door, hide some. <laughs> and they would have gave each other a dap. That would have been a cool cameo, huh? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next song. This is where it gets gets heavy again. Let's go. Yes, it do. Your heart grows cold. 
you're tired of doing everything that you're told. It's almost done. Stand up and be strong. Find a brand new song before they're gone. Stand up and be strong. If you live in the hills, if you live in listen, the hills, take too many pills. Oh, too many pills. Cause you lost the thrill against your own will. Stand up and be strong. Yes, sir. Alright, man. That last line was kind of that kind of hit different. Mm-hmm. He said, if you live in the hills, listen, take too many pills, oh, too many pools, because you've lost the thrill against your own will. Stand up and be strong. Yes, sir. First of all, let me say shout out to Elise. She's singing co-lead with Prince and also Shelby J and Lynn, Winter, uh, Lynn Warfield. <coughs> and we'd be remiss to not this is a cover song. Yes, it is. Uh, Soul Asylum. And apparently yes, there is. was a version that was recorded that was with uh, Prince and Michael Bland. And I think Sonny T. But this is not that version. They did this. Uh, this is a re-recording of, of the song in 2010. Would love to hear that, that other version with Sonny and uh, Michael B. That'd be very interesting. Um, listen. At first, this was a song when it first came on for me, and I was like, in my mind, just to put it in frames of older listeners, it was like, oh, okay, when Arms of Orion came on. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I'm just being honest. I was like, okay, let me, I was like, ah, this is, he's going to be on his, you know, he's going to be on that. Well, I started listening to it, and I was getting into it, and just, it, it pulls you in. By the time it was over, I was in tears. I was like, yo, this song. I, I was like, what is this? I didn't expect this to, to feel like this. And I was listening to it. Now, for me, I listen to these songs in the context of that, you know, he's not here. And this was recorded a while ago, but now we're hearing it and things are different now. And so when I hear this song, and I've said this many times as I've talked about these songs, I, I can see a video or I just see images of things. And I'm like, man, I hope his family listens to this song. I hope his relatives listen to this song. Stand up and be strong. You know, stand up. It's going to be a hard battle. You're not equipped some for these things. And the other side is standing up strong as well. But 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 don't give up, man. I, I saw this. I seen this song playing in my mind and I saw the images of his family once again, like trying to be a part of the situation. And, you know, they go through they go through. We talked about this. But at the end, I saw this video. I said, I mean, it'd be very interesting. And you know, I, I could see it as the music was playing toward the end that it might be 30 years from now and, you know, they find his will. It was like it was buried somewhere. It was deep in Pansy Park or whatever, or somebody was hiding it or whatever, whatever it was. 
they found, you know what? He actually did have a wheel, goddammit. And it took us 30 years to find it. And, and who knows what has happened since then. But there was some distant relatives, young girl or something. She's got a child. She's trying to, she's struggling to get her shit together. And the funny thing is, you know, sometimes you see it in family where the super distant relative will look just like their cousin, great granddaddy. You look just like that. I can see that she had a little baby. And, you know, I'm romanticizing this. But it's like, man, they, she gets something in the mail. Not only she get a mail, all these bills that she can't pay, but one paper come in the mail and say, hey, you are the last remaining relative. And the will them came through and the courts say, this shit is yours. Stand up and be strong. And it would be, that would be just so, that'd be a cold, not a cold, that'd be such a great moment if it was just some movie or something it was about Prince or something. And he's come to find out, man, it was 30 years later, but some young uh, relative, they actually found his will and she got, com- no, I'm not saying she knows what, how does she know the bold? That, that's fan talk. I'm talking about families. And say, hey man, you you have a claim to the estate, and it's gonna change your life. I would be like, I'd be happy with that. Even if they even if they ruined everything, <laughs> at least I'd be like, you know, it was theirs to do that though. And I and I could and I'm like, and he spoke of and to me in my mind, he had songs that said, "Stand up and be strong, no matter what, man." Like. Don't ever give up. Now, I just hope that they hear this song and listen to it because that's how I felt when that's why I was crying when I listened to it. I was like, man, this shit is on. This is just about his world, man. Like this could apply to him, man. Not just about people fighting for equality and stuff, but that's what his people are doing. So I don't know. I, I, I love this song. It just hit me in a whole other way. Big Sexy, what do you think of this song? I'm not a big Soul Asylum fan. Uh, but I'm a big Michael Bland fan, <clears throat> and so I, I was glad that to see this was included. I was kind of hoping he would be involved in it, but unfortunately he wasn't. Um, when I first heard the opening lyric, I didn't recognize Elisa's voice. I thought he was working with um, Tori Amos or someone in that vein again, and I was wrong. You know, I, I like it. I wouldn't go as far as to put it next to Arms of Orion by any stretch, but the song had a message. You know, we all need to, you know, sometimes we get challenges, we got to step up and deal with it. You know, it, it's really that simple. Um, I'm going to use a sports analogy on this one. Last year, one of the better players, in fact, um, it was J.J. Watt, the guy who really stood tall, during the Houston floods and raised $40 million, he had a press conference and said, look, we get paid a lot of money to do what we do, and we stink. And a lot of players on this team aren't prepared to do the work. If you can't do the work, you don't need to be here. There it is. And that's the same type of vibe that's in this song. You know, is it hard? Yeah, but you got to stand up and deal with it. And that's what people need to, people need to take that to heed. Now, Michael D and I are never going to agree on on this thing, <laughs> but <clears throat> I do agree to an extent that you know the people, the family members who who got you know one sixth of the estate or whatever, they're not being smart. They're looking for the quick, 
quick cash out, and that's just not that's not smart. And you know what happens happens, and that's unfortunate. The other, I believe, there are three, two or three family members left who are saying, "No, we're not going to sell out. We're going to you know see this through." I applaud them big time. I think we don't know if they're looking for the quick cash out. I think that they are doing what they can do considering where they are in their lives. I don't know if they're looking to be cashed out, but I don't know. If they may be up against, they may feel like they're up against the wall. And I, have, I can't fight this. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, I, there's no way I can, you know what I mean? Like, I'm dealing with this other side that just has more power for me. What else can I do? So I don't know if they're looking for a cash. I'm just saying, I personally don't, I don't know if we know what their mindset is, but. You can always say no. Oh, certainly. You can. You can. But I mean, to be but fair. But again, are they there's in consequences to saying you know, Yeah, like, are they in a position to say no? That's the thing. And, you know, and that's what this song, I think, speaks to, though. It's like, yeah. And, and, and again, you can interpret the song as. You know, there, I guess you could say there are nuances to things, right? So it's not just a cut and dry situation. Like, we understand that it's hard. Uh, and sometimes saying no might be saying yes. I mean, I'm, I'm like, go with that shit, but. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, and Pooh, what'd you think of this? For me, um, it, it got me in my feelings. I'm not gonna lie. I feel like this is his um, Anastasia, I would die for you. Um, the cross, uh, just a very spiritual, uplifting song. And I know people, I'm going left again. I feel like, because him and Tyler Perry were kind of speaking to each other, I feel like this was a a song that he was going to give to him for a Medea movie. Because it's just, <laughs> it just, feel, it just fits right into that, that, uh, that, portion of the movie where it's at their dark it's their Tyler Perry's character is at their darkest and now they're getting their stuff together. Uh, I know people are like, how the hell you get Tyler Perry up in the principal? <laughs> That's what I felt. It's like oh, the the music, what he's talking about, it just feels like um it was something made for a movie where our the protagonist that we're rooting for can get that win. And it's like they held on. And it, it, like I said, it's a very, in my opinion, it's a very powerful song. I feel it's somewhat of a gospel song without mm -hmm. um, even doing all the praise and worship and putting in um, a lot of the, uh, the scriptures. And that's how I took it. Now, at the same time, I was a little bit um, uh, inebriated when I wrote it the first time. But that's, it moved me at, at that moment. And I, I just... Again, we all we think that we know what Prince can make and all the different type of music, all the different type of genres. He, in my opinion, he set out to make a traditional black gospel record and he succeeded. And, you know, the women on here sound amazing. The story that he's telling, the lyrics all work together. And of course, we always got to take it back to the musical composition. He put to, he got this group of uh, musicians with him and they put together a great piece of music once again all right absolutely man let's keep it going
Apologize about that. She called me This sounds like drama. Now what you gonna do? Yeah, man. Actually, I'm not going to start this one. Big Sexy. Yo. Check the record. You know, initially when I first heard this, it reminded me, the the cadence reminded me of Electric Chair. You Mm. know? I saw your fin first. Mm -hmm. That's who I danced with. Like, okay, cool, cool. And I liked it. You know, it's a little, little some guitar work in there. And then I heard the live version. Damn. They need to hurry up and get that one out. The live version, Ant put up a link. Excuse me, Michael put up a link in our chat. Yeah, you need to go see this. The live version is incendiary. The the record version or the studio version is just to whet your appetite of what could have been. The live version is the full reality of that song. It's, it's fantastic. I want it live. I want that version recorded, or I want it, if it's in the vault, I want it out. I want it, I gotta have it. it it's magnificent. It's heavy. It's got the good guitars. It's got the lyrics. It's got everything. Okay. Well, actually, I'll play a little bit of that so people can see what you're talking about. What's up? All right. And Pooh. Yeah, for me, this was funky. This was ill. Uh, we finally get him grinding on that uh, pause on the guitar, and he gives us some really good uh, rock beats to it. Um, and he's being shady as hell. I, I mean, uh, talking about uh, why is your woman in my bed? <laughs> Which to me, it could be talking about any, probably any woman from the last 40 years of Prince in mainstream pop. Uh, but just overall, I was just feeling like, damn, okay, this is where, he, this is where he's going to give us some of that sal- salacious material and a dope rock banger. All right, all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, to me, this is banger. Uh, this is classic Prince. Uh, this is this is the Prince bag, like 
this is the easy one you can play and be like somebody was like, oh, okay, yeah, this it's almost like this is what I expected in the but in a great way. It's like, ah, he still got that. He can still do that. So I could actually see this in my mind. It's like this is Jamie Starr. Like he's just way older. But this could easily be like some Morris type. Check the record. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I could it's that same sort of that style to me. But I was like, it's but it's in 2010. So I just the music's like, okay. Easy. This is an easy banger. But yeah, this slams. Uh, this, this is every Prince record has to have one of these. You know, just to be like, yeah, I, you know you're dealing with now. <laughs> no, stop playing. <laughs> so to me, this is just head buster. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I know this would be banging live. Uh, this works any play. This could have been, like I said, to me, this sounds like it's a part of this thing, but this could easily be like, if I, if I was in charge of this, I would have put this out as the single type of song and be like, y'all, here, here's something you can understand, and it's banging. Uh, this would have been like an easy win to me. I thought I'd put that out. Nobody would have been able to say shit. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm getting this record. Um, so yeah, this is a banger. You don't even have to go too deep into that one. Um, let's jump to the next joint. Uh, uh. Check it one, two. Uh. I hitched the train. Between mm -hmm. yeah. here, St. Paul. Whoa, whoa. Had no idea. No. Let me stop right there. Prince be killing me when he'll be and then he'll have his like his church old man. Oh Lord. You ain't sad shit, nigga. He be feeling it though. That's why I love it. Got home. That dirt that covered me. Nothing like that disappointment. You would never see Headed for the hood. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Now, this song had been out before. I had this on one yeah. of my CDs in my car. I want to say it was like on the Third Eye Girl YouTube page or something back in the two, it was like 2013 Very or something. good, Mr. Dean. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I this. It was like the same time they had, uh, what was the other song that came out? It was a remix of uh, Rock and Roll Love Affair which was banging version of the song. Um, but anyway, this song had been out there before. 
And I'll just quickly say, I, I love the den. I, I love it now. It, it it works perfect, in my opinion, in the in the flow of this album. Coming right after check the record, it's just another hit you upside the head. Like you just let it play, man. Like, oh, he's just dropping bangers now. Okay. And lyrically, on point, heavy. You know, heavy. I love it. Uh, it was, there was only one guy. <laughs> To me, this reminds me, what was that song on the album 2020? 2010. Uh, 2010, excuse me. Uh, Act of God. Like yeah. I, could, I could put these together. It's the same sort of vibe. Um, but anyway, Big Sexy, what you think of this song? You know, I remember hearing it too on the, first, on the uh, Third Eye Girl streams. And like you, I like it then, I like it now. You know, <clears throat> I was kind of surprised to hear it. Because when I heard it, I'm like, wait a minute, I know this one. And I immediately looked, you know, to try to find it. And the people at Prince Vault who stay on their job, you know, have it linked up saying, yeah, it was on Third Act Girl, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. You know, again, I loved it then, loved it now. Sounds better now because it's better produced now. And, yeah, I'm somewhat familiar with it, and I, I still like it. All right, it's been out oh, seven years, jeez. That's crazy when you think about it like <laughs> And Pooh. I think this is really ill. And I can see how he morphed this song into uh, the Plexum Election version of Funk and Roll with that I was like, oh, okay, that's where you pulled that from. I I see you, Mr. Nelson. Cool. Uh, again, the lyrics is dope, and he's just he's just jamming out, pulling out another banger. Um, I definitely feel in this one and heat. Yeah, this is heat. <laughs> and that, the lyrics, man, I, even Shelby Jade, I don't know if she wrote this or Prince. It's a chapter verse, which came first. Thinking too slow while they snatch your purse. Faith, love, good deeds, preaching what you preach between you and me. TV ain't reality. That's right. I said it. It said buy this cop that it's all up in your head. 24 hour news. That ain't right. Huh? Them suckers got you daydreaming at midnight. <laughs> Information overload. He's keeping that theme going. I, I love it, man. This is Prince on his most. This is I guess, this is just pure Prince, man. You can, you can dial it back. You can take it back to all some of them old songs. The same type of stuff, man. <laughs> So, good stuff, good stuff. All right. Keep it moving. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome down to the Smoky Grits. Nice spot. <laughs> Baby girl, you came to the club with a whole rack of yams. Yes, sir. When Pooh sees that young lady, he goes to the bar to buy her a drink. But then he realizes Big Sexy was already sitting there with him. <laughs> <laughs> that a bitch! Yeah. When she comes, she never closes her eyes. 
no, no. She can see, see stars. stars. She should. cut that that's <sighs> prince <laughs> that's one of them songs just, <sighs> that's prince yeah 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 oh yeah it's about to get sexy yeah he's <sighs> i mean he's on his al green to me this is al green he's on his al green heavy mm. i love it yep but this song and this song is was released on Hit and Run, right? Phase two. Yeah. And it was a different sort of version of it. Uh, and I like both. But this is just like another one of those, man. It doesn't even it's like he has to put this on there just so like, yeah, we're going we're going deep and you know, we're talking about some real issues and stuff. But this is Prince. And throughout his career, I I'm gonna say this I, Prince was about Okay. <laughs> you can't escape that and so it's just like that's a part of human nature and yeah we can you can so you can have all of this insightful stuff but at a certain point yo you with your significant other whatever that may be and y'all won't want to be intimate at times that's <laughs> just what it is and let me give you something to play I'm gonna literally call it when she comes, and you can mm-hmm. you can say, "Well, he meant when she's coming to the Lord." Or, Stop it! <laughs> 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 no, this is a, this is about God. What are you talking about you heathen? Stop it! So so I love it. This is it's pure Prince to me. So I it, and you had to be there. Where's a slow jam at? We got to get it in, Prince. Stop it. Your whole career about getting it in. So he delivers once again the vocals. Uh, this is the only Prince can really get in like that, man, and just dive into the falsettos and it'd be so flawless. And again, for me, I'm not saying this is the right answer, but for me, he leans on the Yodas that came before him to lay the groundwork that he can just jump on and take it to the next level. And to me, this is a great homage to Al Green and everything that he means to us. But Prince put his stamp on it. So I love it. Uh, Big Sexy. You know, when Prince gets his sexy on, there is a component, a large component of intimacy that goes along with it. You know, to quote Billy Sparks, he needs something sexy but not dirty. And that's what we have here. You know, this delivery and lyrically reminds me a little bit of Elixir because, and I could be completely wrong, but when I hear Elixir, when I hear the last, you know, couple of lines, I don't think he says Elixir. I think he says he licks her. Like, okay. (laughs) Are we getting real sexy now? All right. And on this one, he's like, I want to hear those sounds. Oh, you know which sounds. Like, damn, Prince. <laughs> and handle that business. And again, I think every so often, ever since I'm going back to as far as Doomy Baby, 
he put some of these out just to let you know, A, I may be in a different space at a different time, spiritually or whatnot, but I'm still that guy in the bedroom, ladies. Don't get it twisted. And that's what this is. Absolutely, yes. Don't get it twisted. I'm still Mr. Mr. Stroke. Mr. I'm still Mr. Goodnight, Good damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that purple stroke. All right, and put for me, I think this is the final chapter of the trilogy that began on musicology with Don't Make Me Sleep on the Couch. That then we got the sequel on 3121. Gunshot? Two <laughs> <laughs> Star Show up finally? <laughs> uh, 3121 was satisfied. And then here is the, the final chapter to close out that trilogy. I feel. That, Musical composition is definitely similar. Of course, the themes and uh, the getting our sex on. If Ernie was here, I'm quite sure he uh, probably pronounced this the day dropping jam of the mm-hmm. album. And he, he he's very coy. He's very slick with his wordplay. And at the time, the best part about it is it's like he stretches this out. Like he intends for the brothers to use this to set the mood. I'm not going to go any further into that. You know, use your imaginations. If you ain't got no imaginations, Google. And how you handle your business to the music, Prince once again setting the stage and setting it up for us. This is a banger. All right. Speaking of bangers. No, we gotta let that part play. I'm sorry. Nothing left without you. It's all the same. 
that's that nigga right there. Prince boy, now, cold monk. Mm, go ahead, man. Now, you know what this <laughs> reminds me of? I'm going back to 1993, Doggy Style, um, G's and Hustlers. I can see what you're saying. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if he heard that song at all. I'm sure he had because that was from the 70s, because Dre sampled that from a 70s song. But goddamn, if he said, oh I, oh, I know how to flip this. I know how to flip this. And he... Put a banger. I would arguably say this is the best song on the album, just just mm. from the beat. Mm-hmm. And then you get into the lyrics. Oh man, he he wasn't holding anything back, and I, I'm liking all of that. Um, this at the end, he said, uh, "Here come the jury, talking mm. about good and bad, wrapped up in their eyes from the power they had. Check check the watches. Can somebody please tell me the real time?" Man, what time is it? I don't know if that's a shout out to Morris. I don't know. They got to let the funk unwind. I'm like, oh shit. We we could. I'm sure there could be a, a a Harvard. No, let me stop. Sorry. There could be a Howard or Morehouse course just oh, yeah. dissecting that verse. Yeah, we got to give it up to our HBCUs, uh, to the people. <laughs> you know, just dissecting that line is like. It, what is he talking? I'm, I'm trying to think of like 2010. I'm like, I was looking to see what type of, uh, maybe there was some type of, um, you know, black killing trials that was going on or anything. I, I couldn't find anything around that time. But for me, I just was like, God damn, he's spitting and over an ill ass beat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Man, that's a lot. I could, I just listen. This is just, this is a funky ass song, first of all. Like, I mean, just uh, and the like I said, when when any time you get Prince on the song and he gets into his, you know, I, I call it the JG, you know, when he gets that getting in that Johnny Gill, oh, you the right, it's time to. That's when you know they okay they was he was in his shit right there when they the grits was popping. Now he probably don't eat that type of but somebody has a hot thing of grease somewhere before they came to the studio. This is that shit right here. And you're right, man. Lyrically, he's on point. This, I agree with this. could be one of the illest songs on the record. Like, And this is 2010 Prince. So for everybody to be like, oh, it's just, it's just it's like this um, jazzy, you know, uh, laid back, R&B. Stop it. It's just that you don't really listen to this type of music unless it was Prince. So for you, it sounds kind of all that little bullshit you're describing. But for everybody else who can appreciate music and puts it all in the context, this is like, this dude is just as ill as he was back in whatever heyday you want to pull up. This, to me, is on par with any of that. It's dope, man. So I, I, And it's, this song is just one of them songs, it, you know, Prince is really good at, like, letting the song sort of build up to this point. Because when it first starts out, it's like, oh, okay. You know, with the, with the piano, it's kind of like, okay, what is this about? But then when it, you hear that little synth bass kind of creep in there, you're like, oh, this is about to jump. Like, oh, they, they're putting some bass in this. Okay, what, what is he doing? And then when they get into it, and just the, ah, and when they get to that, 
I was like, I already see them jamming this one, man. Act the Long Ranger. And some people was like, who the hell is the Long Ranger? Do your Googles. Do your Googles. Remember, this is an old ass nigga that's singing these songs. He's from a different time. So he referencing stuff back in his time. <laughs> so you kind of got to give him that a little bit. Like, oh, he old school. Long Ranger was some old school TV-ish. You know, I guess if it would have been today, it would this is Tony Stark, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some of y'all, would, what the hell is Ren Ten Ten? Like, this an old ass nigga. He he references stuff when he was a kid, nigga. That's you know what I'm saying. So you gotta give him that. But yeah, this song's certified banger head. Okay, see, see, this is when you you overthink shit because I'm trying to figure out. Yeah, what the hell is the Long Ranger Ren Ten Ten? And then you just like, yeah, it's from his child. I'm like, wait, really? That the Long Ranger Ren Ten Ten? I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, those are old school cultural references. Yeah, I'm, 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 thinking, I'm looking for the deeper meaning it is, and I'm like, oh, like you just said, Mike, he's referencing his childhood television watching. And, and spinning it in today. Um, Big Sexy, man, what's your take on this, this, this jam? <clears throat> what's that song? I'm, I'm embarrassed. I don't know the, the title. Uh, the Dre song? With uh, Snoop when he goes, bow, wow, wow, yippee, yo, yippee, yay, doggy dogs in the motherfucking uh, Dre Day. house. Dre Day. The way Dre Day opens with that really fat bass synth reminds me of this. And I love that. It's very interesting. Love There's a that. lot of Dre comparisons on this podcast. I don't know if that's a good thing or bad. I'm that's sure a, some people are Dre's a great producer. That's, that's a good I thing. I can't believe these guys. I mean, well, I mean no. I'm not saying it right away. I can just see and like if if they if they feel in some type of way, get out your feelings because Dre, the majority of Dre's work from that period was samples from the seventies songs and those funk, and that's what inspired Prince. So yeah, if it's, it's it's reminding me of that stuff because that's what Prince was listening to at that when he was coming up. Allegedly, and allegedly. You know, he was uh, listening to Parliament. I, mean, I don't know. I, I take your word. You was there. I wouldn't. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> we will interview Ann Pooh next. <laughs> oh wow! Just oh, you will do me. Like- I'm fine. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just all in good fun. Wait, I'm sorry. Did I cut somebody off? Oh no! I'm just getting to the you know to the vibe of the of the song. You know, again that. The, the synth line in this, you know, Morris was doing, doing his thing because mm, yes. he caught it nice and fat and it was easy to, and again, I am not a rapper by any leap of the imagination, but when you have a groove like that, it's easy to do something on top of it, you know, lyrically yeah. and vocally. Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, it, it carries a song for me. And again, if, you, if you're not listening to it on a full-on system, you're missing out. You know, the computer speakers and I'm listening to it on my phone. Yeah, fuck all that. You're not getting the whole deal of it. So trust me on that. Listen to the whole thing in a major system and you'll catch what I'm seeing. What we're, what we're seeing here. All right. All right. Well, I just got one last thing to say. I don't know if it needs to be D-Nice. I don't know if it needs to be Questlove, Jazzy Jeff. I must hear this beat mixed with... Snoop Dogg's G's and Hustlers verse. Hilarious. I would love to hear that. <laughs> love to hear Hilarious. it. Well, just because I love the song, we're going to play a little bit more of this. How about that? Hey, Jen, 
sucker just looking for stock. Water, best to be like water. Water, your master's clock. Water, it's best to be like water. There's no vibration in water. Meet me in the tiny atoms. Beethoven and Bach. They could have put in some, some uh, samples of Bruce Lee. It's going to be like water. <laughs> uh, That's a fire track, man. Prince was on here. Indeed. Yeah. All right, let's hit the next one. Time to start a fire, y'all. Yeah, I, I picked up on that one too. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This couldn't have been 2010. This this sounded like it was for 2020. <laughs> what the hell? Let's say yes. Welcome to the Claire Ford Dollar Church. It's collection time. Say yes. <laughs> I wasn't you, gonna Jesus. be the one to say that, but <laughs> hallelujah. <laughs> if you're ready for a brand new day. Hallelujah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I do hear Larry Graham in there. Yeah, that's what I said. This to me is another, in my mind, a direct homage to Sly and the Family Stone throwback. Again, Prince is yep. in his bag. I, I, I have no problem with that. Those are his Yodas, in my opinion. So anytime he wants to give it up and it sounds like this celebratory, on the surface, I say, yes, I'm with it. And then I can see the deeper meanings behind this. Also, is it, you know, it, even Sly and them was reaching into their church gospel bag when they was doing a lot of their stuff and putting it to you in a pop way. This to me is definitely in the church bag gospel. Anybody who who even came up through the church, even as a child, you you're hearing things in this. You already know automatically what to do and how to feel, how that makes you feel. So this just feels good. It's like um, affirmation type jam that Prince used to do. Shoot, this this I, if somebody told me, hey, this is just a uh, this was a unreleased track from the Love Sexy Days, and say yes, and, and just do some gospel shit with Bonnie and them, I'd believe them. Um, so to me, this works. This is just Prince doing Prince, in my opinion. I, I love this. Uh, it just makes me want to stand up. You know, and, and yeah, we're going to do it. You know, whatever that is. We're going to start a fire. Okay, yeah, friends. 
you know, I just meant start a fire to light y'all up, not burn the shit down. I'm like, well, slow down. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I like it. It's great. Uh, big sexy. You know, again, I hear a lot of Grammar Central Station in this, uh, <clears throat> which means I hear some Sly Stone in it. And I hear like early Grammar Central. This could have fit on the Release Yourself album going way back. And I like it. It's kind of, you know, thematically, you know, coming off of when she comes and whatnot. This is a little happy. (laughs) You know, we had all these serious themes going on earlier, and now we're just happy. It fits, but it's not a standout track to, to me. As of right now, that may change with time, but it's night. All right. I can feel that. I, you know, that's it's like uh, if this would have been a single, I'd have been like, mm. but in the context of the album, it, where it's placed, I think it works perfectly. Uh, Aunt Pooh, say yes. Man, I, I think Mark is tripping. He's tripping, tripping. This, this is a banger. I don't, one, you can dance to it. I feel you can praise to it. You can get hyped to it. You can make it an anthem. Uh, this, this is what, uh, if there, not sad, I don't even want to put that out there, but if there has to be another Black Lives Matter moving out in the streets, this needs to be playing. This needs to be their theme song. Put that out there and galvanize and uh, get, get the folk out here making these changes. There's one at, part at the end where, you know, he took us back to the, to the gospel, took us to church. Um, what do you say? If you're ready for it, thy will be done. Say it. Yes. If you're ready for the new kingdom, come. Come on. Hey, we got the keys. We're going to give them to you. But only if you're ready for your dreams to come true. So he, he calling you out. He calling you out. You, you, you spiritual, you Christian, whatever your faith. Like, don't be bothered by this world. The new world is coming if you put in the work. So, mm. um, yeah, that I'm feeling this. I am feeling this. It, it, it definitely is a little, you know, Sunday pastor, uh, um, city of refuge, because that's why I, I used to. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the churches I went to. Bishop uh, Noah Jones, Grace it. Jones's brother. This feels right up. This is definitely one of the songs that they would be playing, and, but I'm feeling it. And he's on point. Yet again. Say yes. All right. Hallelujah. Okay, saints. Shit. I used to be in the church now. Stop it. All right. The last track. The last track. Let's go. And for a sign 
stop it right there for a second. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's funny that we've talked about church, and he talks about church a, a lot in some of these songs on this album. This song, not only does the last song sort of remind me of church, this I could see this being played at like the end of the church or something. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a... Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like the song where it's like it's on the borderline like you know you 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 supposed you you want to be saved but she got a big ass <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like it's one of the you supposed to be doing right but <laughs> sister Steady living wrong yeah sis, sisters it's still kind of like man she's that's a lot of yams over there she's <sighs> married it's like brother deacon now satan <laughs> it kind of tips us like you know, and it's like, but one day, yeah, we'll all be okay. Let me stop, you know. Let me respect my sister. And let me be a good, good brother, you know, soldier for the Lord type of thing. This is how this song makes you feel. But this makes me, this song makes me feel so good. I mean, Prince is really good at that. It's just like one. It's a feel good, but it's also very like hopeful. Just the way he stops. But one day. And some people can really feel that, like, no matter all the shit that's been going on, even, like, all the shit they've been talking on this album, we always have hope. Man, one day, it's going to get better, man. And that's why I feel like this song is a comforting song, kind of like, and it prints to be an older person, to be able to speak into sort of youth and stuff. And it's like, man, just hold on. You know, we it's going to be okay. We're going to make it through. And that's sometimes you even say that, when the person singing it may know the truth, like, this might not work, but we're going to go into it believing that we'll make it through this. That's kind of, I, and I hear this, when I hear this song, just what it feels like to me, not necessarily what it's saying sometimes, but the feeling I get from this, and it's just a joyful thing. I, I put this song in the same vein, I'm going to shut up. Uh, there's another song he has called uh, Free Yourself. I think was one of the last songs he put out when he was alive. Uh, uh, this reminds me of Free Yourself. And for those who really remember, if you were there uh, at the piano on the mic at Paisley Park, that was the last song he did. And, he, you know, he ended it and he stopped playing and it was just everyone singing along with him. That was just such a moment. I was like, ah, and that's, this reminds me of that. But anyway, Aunt Pooh, I think was going to say something or something. Uh, nah, I just, unfortunately, you took it all my thunder. I'm, I'm feeling every part of what you're saying about this song. Uh, definitely hopeful, but at the same time, thought-provoking. Because of what we, what some of these, some people have to go through on a day-to-day life, all of these, the setbacks, all of the doubts, all of the, you know, crisis to face sometime. And somewhat like uh, the earlier song, oh my God, what was it? Stand Up and Be Strong. He's saying that you're not, wasting your time having faith in Jehovah. You're not wasting your time studying the Bible and praying and you know, putting in the work. You know, have faith and believe and there's a there's something better for you coming. Uh the other thing was is he got a little shady, which you know I love that. I'm a petty <laughs> person. <laughs> you go to school just to learn about mm. what never existed. Let's stop right there. Because what's what's out in the news right now about Crit- learning race theory? Uh, mm-hmm. mm. 
So like like he's saying, you you teaching us about stuff that ain't that ain't true, the facade about the American the quote unquote American dream, but you ain't gonna tell us that real shit. The mm. real shit about who we are. But if your history only burns, it's better to resist it. Mm. Keeping it frank, Glenn, Benjamin. Can I Dan stop you Kirk. just right there? That's such a cold way that he said that. Yes. Keeping it frank, Glenn. Ah, I love preach. Go ahead, my man. Benjamin Banneker. And do your Googles on that man right there. That was a brother that, that went through some stuff. Was never born a slave. And yet we know him and we understand his history. Well, if you knew, if you've done the work, I mean, if you've done the research, you know him and you understand his history, what he meant to colonial America. And he's putting it out there while at the same time, Shitting on one of the quote unquote our founding fathers. Mm. And then here's the knockout blow. And uh, if George Washington never told no lie, maybe we'd all be saved. Mm. Now, me, I'm, I'm like, okay, brother. Use Chris, your common sense. <laughs> Even R. Kelly had to jump in on that one, but go ahead. I'm like, maybe, no, brother, brother Prince, I think you might have. Um, um, Mistook the wrong founder father when you said never told no lie. I get you going, you going to play on George Washington. But for me, when I hear never told a lie, I'm thinking about the big lie that not only Thomas Jefferson told, but uh, the founding fathers told, America told itself, all in the Declaration of Independence, all men are created equal. But we were slaves. That's all I'm going to say on that. Man, I don't have a mic drop thing, but. Yeah, and you know, just with that, I I, I want to hear that part because that's one of my favorite parts on the actual the whole album. Just the way Prince sings that. Let me see if we can find that. I know you're mad, but listen, if you've been listening to Prince all this time, get over it. Pull your listener ears up by the bootstraps and listen to the music, <laughs> you know, because this was dope, man. He, he, Even if you don't agree with what he's saying, at least he's saying something that could hopefully spark conversation. And maybe you can understand 
what somebody other than you, uh, you know, may view things. And you can get a better understanding of each other. That's what I would take away from it. Like, because I know there's some people that's just, this album is not going to be the, it's not going to work for them. And they're going to they're gonna tell you it's because the music ain't popping. <clears throat> this is where you got to tell them, stop it. This is Prince. You talking about the music ain't popping? Stop it. You couldn't be a long-term Prince fan to talk about music's not popping. That's the one thing you don't even have to discuss with Prince. The music is always popping. You may not care for that type of music, but don't say the music ain't popping. That's a lot. You just may not like what's being told in this, which is fine as well, too. But let that be the reason. Don't, you know, don't play yourself out. This album is banging. It may not be 100% every song for you, but you can sit down, don't stop. In particular, this song, this song is dope. Now, I can see how somebody's, I don't like what he's talking about, but then say that. But yeah, he's dropping some stuff on it. And that's why, one of the reasons why I love this album, because musically he's banging it. And lyrically, he ain't just rhyming words that, that rap, that rap, you know, rhyme together. No, he's, talking about something and that's why i'm not gonna say favorite that's why i love prince he he developed into this and he kept studying and it's just interesting to hear his interpretation of things that's why that's why i follow an artist but anyway what all that little rant said big sexy one day you can tell me what you thought about this song okay Uh, going back to what Ant said, what you said, it does have that vibe of wrap it up church, you know, leave your tambourines on the seat and have a nice Sunday afternoon. Get on out of here. And the message of inspiration <clears throat> and hopefulness made me pull up this little thing I, I carry on my, on my, on my phone. At age 23, J.K. Rowling was broke. Tina Fey was working at the YMCA. Oprah just got fired as a reporter. And Walt Disney had declared bankruptcy. It's going to be okay. And some people need to hear that. We all need to hear that. Shit. You know, we all get down, you know, and think, oh, man, I can't go. Yeah, you can. You know, this song is uplifting, and I like that. Best way to end the album, actually. You know, right. give someone something to think about and feeling a good feeling on the way out. You know, and I've said this before. It was like with Lionel Richie <clears throat> when he wrote the song Jesus is Love. And they would wrap up their show that year with it. Cause he, he said in an interview, look, we can give you something to dance to on the way out or we can give you something to think about. We can let you think about something for a while. Like, that's all right. Then the band kicked him out, but that's another story. <laughs> All right. Well, man, uh, this was a different way to do the review. We actually played some of the music. <coughs> Excuse me. I so apologize about the coughing. But uh, I'm excited about this album. I, I actually think it's really good. Um, I didn't anticipate it. I didn't anticipate myself enjoying it this way. And I love it. Like, I, I seriously, sincerely love this album. And it feels great to do that. <coughs> um, I'm glad that it was released. I hope it sparks conversation. I hope people listen to it. I hope people take the time to get into it. Um, I don't know where you go from here. 
I don't know if there's other unreleased albums sitting in there. I, I got to remember who I'm talking about. Of course, there are. Um, I hope that, well, let's say I can be excited for this and I support it. I bought it. Uh, and I just hope that um, his music and his message isn't diluted. And this, is, this doesn't feel like it was diluted. Even if it stings for some people, so be it. But that's Prince. And so if, if it is going to be released like this, and you know, we've talked about the estate and all that before, um, the one thing I hope that can maintain is that they don't dilute his message um, and they don't shy away from releasing stuff that is could be controversial. Uh, I hope this would open the door that they could release. Um, what's the one song I got left off in 1999? Extra Lovable. Um, and I could understand why they would hesitate behind that, but they could just easily mute out a particular word if it seems like it's going to be offensive like that. But <clears throat> I'm glad they didn't have to. They didn't worry about that so much with this release. Uh, and I think that this one says far more things that for some people could be upsetting, but uh, I'm glad it's out there. And uh, like I said, salute to everybody who was involved in helping this come out, man. I, I mentioned his name enough, but salute to Morris Hayes, man. Um, you did your thing on this album. All the other people who played on this, great. I, it sounds like the story behind why he didn't put this out might have been just the fact that those musicians weren't able to go on tour with him. And he was just like, well, if I can't do it with the people who made it with, I'm not going to put the album out. And I could see Prince saying something like that, too. Um, but, yeah, those musicians, and they look like kind of younger musicians. Man, feel proud about this because this is amazing. Like you said, I got to play on this with Prince. Yeah, this is something you hold up and with pride because this is an absolutely fabulous album, in my opinion. Uh, last words from uh, Ampoo. Yeah, for me, <clears throat> I really, really like this album. I think I'm going to need a couple more plays before I say it's his last great album. As I've previously stated, Musicology was his last great, I mean, I didn't say great, I say last five-star album. And this is getting close to it. It's, it's again, multi-layered. The music is impeccable. Nobody can... Nobody can say that he didn't put his foot in all, in all of these songs. It definitely takes you back. It's definitely a homage to um, all the greats from the 70s, uh, between Sly, between Curtis Mayfield, between Earth, Wind & Fire, the people who put out, um, uh, I think it was, yeah, War. Amazing work. And then on top of that, it's, it's very contemporary, and it was a different kind of prince in the sense that he was taking more of the songs where he was talking about topical stuff that affected not only just black people, but society in general, living in America and potentially worldwide. And it's great to see him and an artist at that time uh, be bold enough to put to create that type of music. So thumbs up for me, easily. All right. Big sexy. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know... I was just reading an interview with um, Trevor Guy, who, God damn it, who was and is, I've just lost it, hold on, there he is, he is 
the creative director for The Princess State and reading about how he put this together and whatnot. And he says, there is enough material in the vault to have a new album for decades, new album a year for decades. Wow. So there's going to be more coming. Um, this one, this is definitely a, a must, must own. This goes into the sign of the times, dirty mind, rainbow children vibe for me as a complete album. I think I, I could be wrong. I think part of the reason also why it wasn't released is for the last several years, our musical society has been in a mid, early to mid sixties mindset of being all about singles and albums are an afterthought. And that's not going to work for this. You know, you need to ingest the whole thing. Hopefully a new artist or an existing artist will come along and say, you know what? We're doing an album. Fuck all that. You know, I'm a little miffed with the whole Silk Sonic thing. You know, they have another single out. Where's the damn album? Shit. But that's my own beef. But this album, front to back, top to bottom, left to right, magnificent. The players he chose, standouts in their own field. And they brought that pedigree and showed they earned and warrant that, those pedigrees playing with, with the master. This was, this is a magnificent piece and I don't know if we're going to get into it, but the deluxe packaging, well worth it. All the good as you get, this is a great piece of art. And for us real prince heads, I'm sure most of us are going to get it. It is an investment worthwhile. It really is. All right, there we go. So we uh, did our review of Welcome to America. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, man, definitely go listen to the album if you haven't already. Uh, enjoy it. Uh, with that said, we're going to wrap, we're going to get up out of here. But I, I'm not going to do a whole show about this, but I wanted to play this one song. I had heard this song back when they did their verses. And I heard this, and I, had, I was not familiar with this song, and I thought, God, that sounds so much like a 90s Prince song. Um, and then I, I want to play it because I don't know if it was just me, but I could hear Prince singing the song. I, I wouldn't be surprised if I said, hey, this is a Prince song. He wrote this for her. So the artist I'm talking about is Gladys Knight. The song is your number one in my book. Some of you may be familiar with it. I wasn't. But I want to play this. And I'm going to ask the fellas, does this sound like, I could hear like the 90s Prince doing this. What do you think?
sound like some purple rain. Man, am I tripping? Have you guys heard this song before? Never heard this song before, no. No, me either. They played it on when they did the verses. Was it Gladys Knight? Who was she? Was it Pat LaBelle? She was on the No. But whatever one she did was Pat, she played this song, and I was like, wow. I was like, I got to find that song. But to me, does that... There's a Prince song that sounds like this. It was from the 90s. <clears throat> I just can't think of the title. But does that sound crazy to think that this sounds like a Prince type of song? No, not at all. I can see some. It kind of reminded me of um, not, uh, something from the Batman album. Mm, okay. I think maybe because I'm going to guess that he didn't produce this, just wrote it. I don't know if he had anything to do with this, but uh, it may not have, but... God, I have to find. I want to think. I'm thinking like Martika or with songs of that era. Hmm. Is this, it's not open book. Is it open book that I'm thinking of? I can spend the time to look for it. But there's a song that sounds eerily like this. Song. And I don't think it's a release song. Open <laughs> book. Anyway. <laughs> So I know some. I know one of you hardcore listen. They gonna they gonna like. Oh, I know what you're talking about, Mike. It was this. I'm I'm looking for that in the comments. But anyway, just throwing that in there because I'm tripping. Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, work it like a job. We'll see you next time. Peace.